Necessity is the mother of invention, so get ready for a mother of a ride. Gas up your laptops, your tablets, and devices, cause our asses are all quarantined inside. More and more every day, the world just feels so very far away. Less and less things to do, so pull up a chair and let us talk to you. And I'm Cody, and this is the More and More Everyday Podcast. He's a fifth grade teacher. She's a historian. And this is a daily blog and interview series brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project to capture and preserve the stories of students and teachers in the COVID-19 era. Welcome. Today's episode is a conversation with Andrea Rivers, English faculty at South Mountain Community College. Andrea is also pursuing a PhD that focuses on race, cultural relevance, and teaching at Arizona State University, making her an expert that's perfect to talk to at the crossroads of the COVID-19 era and the rise of protests and rebellion and resistance in the wake of George Floyd's death. In our discussion, Andrea conveys the shifting realities of the COVID-19 era. As our collective perspective is changing to include conversations about Black struggles, violence against people of color, and uncertainties about the future. I'm Andrea Rivers, and I work at South Mountain Community College. I'm an English professor there. I'm also um, first year finishing my first year of my PhD at ASU, and I teach a few classes there also. So the first question is simple. Um, how are you? How are you doing? Well, I'm doing... I'm doing okay. Um, just with everything going on, you know, the news, you're watching things and, and you, you know, you look across the world that it's just, you know, first we're dealing with COVID and then we're transitioning to the, you know, the murder of George Floyd. And it's just like, wow, we're not even, well, I guess we are half, halfway through 2020 now, but it's like, oh, wow, it's just very, mm. yeah, yeah. With that. When, you, when you look back on the last few months of your life, of being quarantined and working from home and dealing with the, you know, COVID-19 and, the, and then now the subsequent protests from George Floyd's death, do you, can you see any highs or any lows? Like what have been some high points of these last few months and what have been some lows? Hmm. Well, hi, you know, I have been teaching, you know, I had a pretty heavy load, um, this semester. So just learning more about, I say, Zoom, how to interact with my students. You know, I, I teach online. So a lot of my students who, who are online, you know, they know how to, you know, they know how to deal in that environment. But it's really for my online, for my face-to-face class that trend transitioned into online, just learning how can I still have that presence that a lot of them need. And um, I've been successful in certain areas, but in some certain areas, you know, you know, I haven't been, or, or maybe they need, they need more. So, um, so just learning that, um, trying personally, trying to, you know, be as active as I can, uh, take walks, you know, mental health, <laughs> take walks, um, change to, my husband and I are trying something new with a vegan diet, you know, so um, with that, we're going to do it, I think, till Father's Day, hopefully, we might change, we might keep it, being wow. vegan, but um, 
So we've been doing it for about a month. Um, I feel good. Um, I'm sleeping a lot better. And I think that helps, you know, if I keep myself healthy, then whatever the world throws, throws me, then I think I can, I can deal with that. But just, you know, just the, it, it just seems like, I don't know, everyone is, it seems like what you, you said, you know, good things, positive things. I do feel a connection with, with, you know, those around me or those in this country and then just a connection when you see everyone else sort of sort of seems to be on the same page you know wanting change for for our world and that kind of can be really a little emotional but I think really kind of opened my eyes I think with the COVID um, you're you're kind of isolated but I think it's in that way I think it's really been been good you've been isolated but then you realize that wow it's not just my daily activities or my job or family but the connection with the whole world and in situations with the murder of George Floyd and the COVID and all of that work as a world we're in that together mm-hmm. so just kind of really seeing that really seeing that that connection so there's power I, there yes that's a little of the highs and mixed up with the lows. <laughs> so I think we're all in the same boat. We are. Well, my students, when I first kind of launched this project, I asked my students to give me some suggestions of questions. And one of the oh. things they were really interested in was the concept of the watershed moment, right? Like hmm. instead of gradual change in history, the idea of the watershed is that everything was one way and then something happened and now everything is this way, right? They really wanted me to look into, uh, when when talking with our narrators, can you look back on the last few months and actually identify a day or a date where it seemed like everything changed for you? Hmm. I I think the whole sheltering in place, um, the uncertainty, with everything, right? Do we are we going back? Are we going to teach face to face? Are we going to be online? Is this going to be? I'm going to be away from my colleagues, and you know, I know you and I work a lot together, and so just sort of, sort of that reality and uncertainty. First of all, it's like, oh, this can't last long, but it's lasted <laughs> quite a bit. And then, you know, you are more in tune with, you know, because you watch television, you listen to, trying to fill up your days, uh, and get information what's happening in the world and and just real just really realizing that wow this is 2020 has really been you know painful scary mm-hmm. um that it's you know 2020 just sort of that that realization that oh my gosh in addition to covid now we're dealing with something else so yeah i think that's this question is going to become more and more interesting mm-hmm. because when i first posed it it was you know early April, late March, I was starting to ask the question and people could actually say like on March 6th, I went to the grocery store and there were no whatever, you know, people okay. Okay. To date. but I'm finding, and this is so exciting to me as a researcher, like float above the actual conflict yeah. Yeah. intellectually. When I, I tell myself that I'm finding that the more I do this, the more holistic the answers become like what mm-hmm. you just described. And the watershed moments evolve based on what's happening globally 
yes. uh, for people and, and what feels like normal now versus what yeah. feels different. So it, it's an interesting question. And I also see it as it's an opportunity to, it forces us mm -hmm. uh, to grow, mm -hmm. I think. It's, it's an opportunity because we're not, you know, we kind of, it, it slows us down and it's like, wow, me and my little bubble going to work every day, you know, doing my little things that I do, you know, and my little routine, you know, you and I carpooled, you know, and all that. Oh, can't wait to go carpool with summer Tuesday, you know. Um, but it's it slows you down and it really makes you grow. I think I've grown as an, you know, as an educator and, and just, you know, my, you know, you think, ooh, you really need connection to people and with the COVID, that's kind of made it little different and, and but it lets you look inward mm -hmm. and I think on top of that the devastation with you know the murder of um, George Floyd it just kind of and just seeing first you think wow okay this happened again but then you see that this time yeah the world is connected and I'm like how do they you know you see I think if they were somewhere in I don't know Beirut but this little boy had a little picture of George Floyd and he's out looks like in a maybe he was in Turkey or somewhere and he's in or Syria and he's in a war-torn area and he that even connected to him with what everything he's going through so mm -hmm. it's it's sad but I think there's a shift I think there's a new hopefully a new connection if we all are ready to kind of connect and I think that's that's what we need to be thinking about mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. how did you stay connected with your students and how are you doing that now in the summertime oh okay well um, at first I'm gonna be honest because I, well I it was just overwhelming that I'm teaching this and I kind of go to oh Lord and then what got me was the as you know the two-week kind of little lag with at South because it was it did give me a chance to kind of get caught up with everything but I think for the students it was rough so you know I couldn't you know give them their you know assignments that they had to do but I had to still kind of keep them connected and that was sort of hard so I'd have the zoom and then we talk about things and then I'm like okay you know I try to do little I had them little take little pictures of themselves of reading a book and you know that but you know they, so um, that kind of slowed me down a little bit um, but I I think we got through it so just connecting with them um, I realized like I said with online you do a lot of check-in but those students who take online classes already know pretty much you just need to not you know give them a little nudge okay make sure you go through the modules or whatever make sure you do this and they kind of know that but the ones who I mean I had one student call me and just say I'm completely I don't know what I'm completely lost um, so just being there for them listening to them get you know you, you're a little lenient you're you're you know how can I help you and then and, and now with my summer school, I think I'm bugging them too much, you know, now, I'm, now I only have the, the one class, before I had what, I had a, a lot of classes, now I have the one, so I'm like, okay, you know, like the mom, hey, you know that this, you know, you, you know you have your first post tonight, 
And, and so then I'm just telling my husband, I'm like, I wonder why my online, I haven't got one email from the student. And then he's probably saying, well, you're bugging them probably every day. <laughs> so, so I'm like a little bit overly, but um, just being understanding. I think that's really work. You know, I, I am a pretty, you know, I've been known to be kind of a strict teacher. You know, I'm teaching you, you need to be responsible. Mm-hmm. So just learning to be a little bit more lenient, understanding, um, we're all in this together. And basically my job is to make sure that you understand the material and that you, you know, you can write and communicate. So we're going to get you there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You said you've grown a lot in the last few months. How have you grown as a teacher? I think I, and I just, you know, touched on that a little bit, just really understanding what each and every one of my students need. So even the ones who are, you know, struggling, you know, if you can't, you know, before it might have been, okay, woo, I got to get them to know how to you know, create a, 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 a wonderfully organized essay. Now it's like, wow, if you can give me a wonderful paragraph that, you know, speaks to everything that we've talked about, I'm happy because that's what, you know, no one's, not everybody's going to be the, you know, Ernest Hemingway or what. So just kind of meeting the students where they are and understanding what their situations are. And of course you, you have to, you know, you, you want to push them. You want to, you know, however, just kind of learning that, you know, just, just trying to meet their needs, just trying mm-hmm. to meet, do, do my best to meet each and every student's need. And they need to be working now, mind you, mm-hmm. but um, just kind of being just, just a little bit more understanding. I think that's what, what I've, what I've learned. And I felt that that was good. That was, you know, with the transition, not all of them, I'm not going to say all of them were successful and got to the end um, because, you know, the COVID was very traumatic mm-hmm. to some of them. And some of them said, hey, you know, I'm going to have to take the class again or, you know, withdraw because I'm working. I totally understand that. But I, I my, you know, my hat goes off to those who just hung in there and get the essay in, you know, get it in, keep going, keep going, you know, work with the tutors, work with me. So we we all got through it together and I really happy and pleased with um, and proud of all my students who were able to make it to the end. Yeah, I agree. And the ones who know, and the ones who understand that, you know, this is not my time right now. <laughs> you know, I need to back it up and, you know, maybe I'll take it from you in the summer or maybe I'll, which some did, or, you know, it's not a good time for me and my family and just being able to understand that and be there for them and try to do everything I can to, you know, to make sure that I, I lead them to or get them where they need to go. Yeah, great. Andrea, you and I are both really passionate about uh, culturally relevant teaching. Uh, oh, yes. Did you think about cultural relevance in your instruction during uh, this first initial kind of quarantine teaching life? Quarantine teaching life. <laughs> what um, I to call it? The last few months. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm always thinking about, you know, um, bringing in, you know, I, I teach writing. So, you know, giving the chance, the students chance to tell their stories, helping or assisting all students in understanding their peers and what some of their peers are going through. And I know you and I worked on the immigration project mm-hmm. and that's what I did with um, you and I both, uh, you supported me on that project with the, the immigration 
at the end of the projects were, were, you know, they may have thought one way about immigration, but they changed. And they said, wow, after interviewing my, you know, the person who I chose to interview and also looking at some of the, 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 oral, the old oral histories um, of those immigrating, um, I, I really changed my mind or, or, you know, and I'm not getting them to always change, change their you know, mind and think the way I think, but it's just opening their eyes, you know, to, to it. And I think that's important in understanding not, you know, listening to their stories, but also being open to listen to other people's stories. And um, that's, I think that was, and being, you know, with my assignments, making sure that the assignments that they, that they have, they can, bring some of their individuality into the into the project. I'm so glad that assignment ended well um, with any of these things when it ha- when the change happened in the middle of the semester. So many of us had to completely reorganize our classes, oh, yes. what their final assignment would be. So the fact that you were able to carry through with that oral history project. Um, oh. Oh, yeah. it's, it's great. Yes, well, and hearing, yeah, just under, you know, I, I, I really understood. So, and they, and also a piece of that was not just their interview that they conducted and then the, you know, going into the archive, you know, uh, oral history, immigration, and then them just not pushing them either way, but giving them the opportunity to, wow, hmm. I've always thought this way and I now now I listen to this person and now I'm that's not the way it is this person didn't have that experience this person is hardworking and you know and the family and just wants a better you know time for that and just to hear that I think I will do it again it took a lot of time and the a lot of the students said, wow, it just, you know, there was a lot of parts to it, but I really understood why you did that so yeah. Oh, and then great. how to use support, you know, it, it was, it was good. It was really good. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about you for a second. You personally, what did you do in um, the last three months to establish some semblance of normalcy and routine for yourself? Wow. Well, I had to get up every, <laughs> get up every morning and at least try to you know, get out of my pajamas, right? Exactly. I couldn't be like you and have the pumps and walk around with my pumps and my jacket, my hair perfectly coiffed. But, um, <laughs> but I could get up and just, you know, have a, I had to, I, had, I made myself a little office, you know, here at my kitchen table mm-hmm. and, um, you know, gave myself a certain set of hours. What I'm still having a hard time doing is, you know, I'll work all the way till it's time to go to bed. So I needed, I felt that was really weighing on me. So just, you know, taking walks. Um, my, my daughter works for United States Institute of Peace and they've been um, right at the time where the whole, you know, sheltering in place, she would, went to visit her grandfather in the Bay Area. So she was kind of stuck. So she stayed with us for a month, you know, walking with her and my dog and kind of, and I had some time to spend with her. And, um, you know, so I didn't go crazy, but just sort of learning how to hmm, cut off, you know, you know, I, I had a schedule, but then I'm like, Oh, I didn't finish that. So let me, you know, mm-hmm. work a little bit more. And I don't think that's very healthy. So I think that, you know, you do need the walks. You do need to, I mean, you can't go anywhere. I know I love to shop and look for vintage clothes and, 
do that and I couldn't do any of that so just just remembering to walk and and you know like I said I'm doing uh, I think I told you earlier having a little project trying to eat healthy and I've been like vegan trying a vegan little stint for the for the last month and that's been really good so you don't have to worry so much how you look or whatever so let's focus on that and it took and, a long time to start reading so I have yes for being able to read it took me months to finally be able to sit down with a book and cut off the television <sighs> and any screen, all screen yes yes all screens because it's just can get really overwhelming and I I loved how south um, we had the exercising and the, uh-huh. the yoga you know I tried a little bit of those you know um, so that was very helpful that was you know that that was helpful yoga and then I think I did a little workout in there so I do appreciate appreciate that what do you miss the most I miss interacting with my colleagues mm-hmm. I miss my office with all of my books um, I miss the hustle and I, I my office is right in the learning resource center and um just miss miss the hustle and bustle of students you know i'd have students that parked out in front of my you know i took it for granted now i'm like oh you know i i really really miss that you know just you know working with you you know you would we get you and i got up early early in the, every morning through the breakfast club so just kind of being you know, being there, and that's when all the magic would happen, when we, you know, get our ideas, you know, uh, and talk about things, so, you know, I, I do miss that, and I think that's very important um, to have those interactions, so I'm hoping that um, we can, we can go back, maybe not all the way, but um, that's what I, kind of feeds my soul, so I do miss, I do miss that, and I miss interacting with my students, too, in my face-to-face classes, so. I can't, you I miss know. Campus. Yes, yeah, I miss the campus. I do. When you think about the future, what are you hoping for and what are you fearful of? Future in whenever. I think I'm I'm hopeful that things in the world will will change. I know we have a lot of work to do, a lot of conversations to have, a lot of difficult conversations to have. Um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, my students are successful. I can continue to, you know, um, hope, touch their lives, help them realize their dreams. Um, and that we just start, and as a world, just start listening to each other. That's listening to each other and understanding that we all come from different places. We're all different, and we're all human, and everybody needs to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what I'm, I'm hoping there's a shift in the world. And I think we're getting that way, but we have to be open to not, not only listening, but being willing to act also. Mm-hmm. And I need to work on that too. So, you have, yeah, you, you listen, you have a lot of ideas, you know, but I think sometimes that fear gets into us or whatever. So just sort of, you know, being okay to be wrong. Mm-hmm. 
um, listening to people, listening to what they may not have the same view as you. And this is where I can also grow too. You know, sometimes we hear, especially in things that are going on now, you know, you, your first thing is, oh my gosh, how could they? And then you have to say, well, shoot, that's their view, right? That's, that's, that's their view. How can we talk so we can kind of meet somewhere in the middle? And so it's just, that's, that's my hope and dreams, you know, for my students and just for, you know, hopefully we can get them to a better, you know, better world. And I think we're getting that way. You know, there's, there's some positives out of all of the stuff that we're going through. I think it's, it's slowed things down to, to realize that, you know, to be a better world, we're going to have to work on ourselves. Right. And that, so. When you think about this podcast and if you were to find yourself listening to an interview or two, what would you really be hoping to hear from teachers and students across the country about their experiences right now? I would want a podcast where people can speak their mind, have the difficult conversation, and get rid of just the fear. And you, and you know that we've done lots and lots of uh, presentations, and, and we get to those really difficult conversations. But each and every time we've done that, we people who've been there have said, wow, it was rough. We get the tears. We get the, you know, all kinds of things come up. But at the end, we're much better for it. But I think in the in it's a lot of time we just say things surface and we don't and we don't listen to each other mm-hmm. and we don't have those you've got to have those difficult conversations to be able to change you've got to have those difficult but a lot of people don't want to go there so that's sort of what what worries me so i hope the podcast will be um where what people's feelings and beliefs and listening to each other and unless we do that we're not going to get anywhere so i would hope it would be a place where there's no fear yeah. that you can yeah, be who you are, talk about it, get through it. Not everybody has the same experiences. Yeah. Not everybody understands because you can't put yourself in other people's shoes, but you can listen and you can learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And I, and if, if you're having anything to do with it, then I, I sure you will provide that type of environment. So that's the dream. I, I, I love that about oral history, that there's an opportunity for people to just share their stories. And yeah, it's sharing not, stories. Right? Like it's not a testimony. It's just someone asking you questions about your life. Right. And you get to be the expert because it's your life. You're the expert on your experience. It's your experience, and I don't think anyone has the right to criticize that or to, you know, it's, it's all about listening. It's all about listening. And, you know, that's your story. Well, this is my story. This is how I see the world based on my experiences. This is how you see the world on your experiences. So maybe by hearing my story, you might kind of understand me. I can understand you. Right now, there's no, what did somebody said? It used to be a bell curve. (laughs) Wait, it used to be a bell curve where, you know, you'd have the news kind of gave you you know, here's this side, here's this side, you make up your side. And the middle was the, you know, make up your side. Now it's some barbells. Is this or that? And honey, I'm not coming to the middle. So, and that just is so dangerous for our society. It's just really, and 
when you look across the world and you, you especially this latest incident, you see the people out there and, and you're like, everyone wants to just be human and be treated human. That's just it. Everyone. It's not just us. Everyone in every country, a lot of countries, maybe not in every country, but just across the world looking for some way to unite. Oh, well, it's a tall order, but it's a Yes, it, 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 yes. Okay, um, well, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to reach. You got to get there. Andrea, if people hear this episode and they want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Do you have a social media presence or a public email that you're willing to share? Oh, just my South Mountain email, which is andrea.rivers at southmountaincc.edu or... Uh, ASU, A-E Rivers at ASU.edu. Wonderful. Those are all my formal questions. So before we end the interview, was there anything that I didn't ask you about that you were really hoping that you'd get a chance to address today? Um, I appreciate being able to, you know, um, just talk to you and to um, be a part of your podcast and, um, you know, it's, you know, I feel it's an honor, you know, it's, um, it's a tough time. We, you know, I'm sure a lot of us are full of emotion. So, you know, what helps is just kind of talking and, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, I, I just appreciate the opportunity. I think we covered a lot. So we did. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I didn't bore you too much. <laughs> I could listen to you talk. <laughs> you can find us at SouthPhoenixOralHistory.com, on Instagram at SMCCHistory, or send us an email at HistorySouthMountain at gmail.com. Music provided by Jake and Emily Speck.